Could unicorns become an endangered species in their preferred habitats of Wall Street and Silicon Valley? And guess what? You may be reading all about these venture capital firms taking hits from losses in companies like Uber and WeWork and not feel so bad for them. But there's a good chance you, as in your pension or other money that you trust to others to invest, is getting whacked too. That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I'm certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in New York City. And coming to you from just outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break them down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. And now we do it for you guys six days a week. Today's so. today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money, uh, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated each day. Only Tiller Money automatically keeps your finances up to date in spreadsheets so you can easily track everything in one place. I was just talking to them recently. A lot of changes lately at Tiller to make what I thought was an awesome thing even more awesome-y. Head to TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF. That's TillerHQ.com forward slash MWF for money with friends and uh, some people on Wall Street not feeling too friendly today. How about that for a transition, Bobby? No, I, li- I also like your your invention of the word awesome-y. Awesome, yes. Oh, that's I a like that. fantastic <laughs> term. Yes, awesome More awesome no. Go ahead. I, I just said more awesomer. Awesome alicious. I don't know. No, maybe not. Oh my goodness. The awesomeista? I don't know. <laughs> the awesomeista. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's not a very friendly thing when uh, your investments start losing money that you don't even know you're invested in. And I guess that's a lot of what we're going to talk about is we invest in these companies that are managing our money and even, you know, things like university endowments um, often invest in non-conventional or I don't know if I want to say unconventional, but let's say private investments, not publicly traded companies, which can operate under different rules. And you may not know that money that you have um, is invested in these companies. And so it's important that we all pay attention to what's going on. So let's see which of our friends is going to kick off today's show. This is Gertrude, room mom over at the Stacking Benjamins Facebook basement group. I just like hanging out and chatting about the news. That's why I tuned into Money with Friends. Our headline from our friends at Quartz is by John Dextry. Uh, the tech unicorn hangover is giving Wall Street a headache. Venture capitalists aren't the only ones feeling the tech unicorn hangover on Wall Street. Goldman Sachs disclosed a headache today. The investment bank reported a 40% drop in revenue from the unit containing its Uber stake. The New York firm's revenue from investing in equities fell to $662 million during the third quarter, the worst performance in more than three years. The unit, which accounts for about 10% of revenue, was also dragged down by faltering prices for its investments in manufacturer Aventar and TradeWeb, a platform for buying and selling bonds. It is a reversal from the second quarter of the year when these investments gave results an uplift. Other financial companies have reported similar pain. Investment bank Jefferies took a $146 million hit for its stake in WeWork on the West Coast, PayPal recently said its $500 million investment in Uber's IPO had dropped 34%, while its stake in Latin American online retailer Mercado Libre fell 10%. 
The tech unicorn boom and bust has elite venture capital investors at the epicenter. The dot-com bubble in 2000, by contrast, was partly a retail investor phenomenon. And the credit bubble in 2008 encompassed everyone from house flippers to Wall Street banks. The unicorn-linked write-downs, now spreading to Wall Street, demonstrate that this sort of economic pain is never isolated. As Quartz's Allison Schrager, we know Allison, wrote earlier this month, public pensions have been investing in the private markets where tech unicorns have raised the bulk of their funding, meaning teachers and firemen could eventually face some of the fallout. Many people's lifestyles have been subsidized by the private funding pouring into companies like Uber and Casper, allowing the upstarts to burn through cash to capture market share. Most people intuitively sense that a reckoning is coming, not to suggest the economy is heading off a cliff like it was a decade ago at Goldman Sachs, other parts of its business, such as fixed income trading, showing renewed signs of life. But the aftershocks from declines in private market valuations show that the financial system is still deeply interconnected and that overindulgences have a way of showing up in unwanted places like the banking sector or university endowments. JP Morgan, meanwhile, could still see a payout amid the turmoil as WeWork seeks a lifeline to avoid running out of cash, having led the company's now aborted IPO, the biggest U.S. bank by assets is leading a $5 billion financing package for the beleaguered shared office space group, pitching investors on one of the riskiest junk bond deals in recent memory, according to Bloomberg. J.P. Morgan today reported its seventh consecutive gain in quarterly profits. This is while this is while this is frustrating on one end, I think this shows, Bobby, the way that most people don't understand um, how their investments work. And if you're going to have if, if if I'm running a company and I have cash laying all over the place and I want to diversify that money or if I'm Goldman Sachs, part of my job is being invested in these different companies. I really need to I really need to realize that at one end of the spectrum, I'm going to have some quarters that have huge ups and have huge downs because it's part of the game. I mean, that, that, this shouldn't I don't know. It shouldn't be surprising. It's not surprising, but I do think that people don't always realize that they as individuals may have some exposure to these things that they don't even know they're invested in. I also like the fact that we're having this discussion and that a company, just because it's labeled, quote, a unicorn, doesn't mean that it's a perfect company, doesn't mean it will ultimately be successful. That's a lot of what happened in the tech boom in 2000 that people talk about is just if you were a young tech company and didn't make money in terms of net profit, that was an awesome investment. Well, that wasn't always true. Some were, and a lot were not. And we put labels of unicorn on so many companies for different reasons. And in fact, companies often really promoted the fact that they were a unicorn because it would give them a higher valuation. They could raise more money. They could spend more. They can grow more. Smart on their part. But we need to be careful in vetting where our money goes and understanding that just because a company's calling itself a unicorn or got someone to write about them, let's face it, a lot of journalists can be pitched stories. They like it. And then they slap the term unicorn on and then it goes from there doesn't mean it's a great investment. You got to look at the numbers and we work as an example of that. No, that's a fantastic point because I think a lot of the time, to your point, people see these hot things that are in the media all the time and they think more media mentions equals better, right? And and it and it doesn't. Yes. And 
Be aware. Well, people would not know this. So this is speaking from my experience even now, but certainly many years working at Reuters and I was a guest booker at CNN and CNBC and you get these pitches and what they will do is they will try to give a company validation through association. So they'll say, this is the next so-and-so or they'll say, well, this company very often was profiled. They'll say, well, they were on this TV show or they were profiled in Inc or they were profiled in Forbes and that validation they hope will make you as a journalist do a story on them and further that very often there's nothing underneath the surface. And we saw that with Theranos, that Theranos got a ton of publicity and media validation. And in fact, there were a lot of problems at the company. Reporters and journalists do their best, but that doesn't mean they know and they're going in depth and truly understanding the, they're not bookkeepers. They're not, they're not forensic accountants. Yeah. But I was with the right context, but I was still with, uh, I was, uh, lucky enough to hang out with a guy who I have a lot of respect for wrote for the Boston globe for a long time. And on market watch Chuck Jaffe got to hang out with Chuck Jaffe in Boston. Uh, hilarious guy. Generally you say two words, Chuck says 5,000 words and Chuck is hilarious. Every one of those words and it's well worth listening to. But, but, but Chuck was talking about though, how a a lot of journalists though are to blame Bobby, where they don't do enough homework and, and they do think that, Hey, if you were in Forbes, Forbes has already done the homework for me. So I can just go ahead and ask these softball questions. And I don't, that's, that's clearly not the case. So I'm going to say something a little controversial. Some media companies have contributors that they don't pay. Forbes is one of them. That's not a secret in any way. Um, Other publications do as well. When you have someone who is writing for you that is not being paid as a journalist, but often presented in the same way as the paid journalists who are tasked with really vetting the stories, sometimes the stories um, people have motives. And sometimes they're not even writing it themselves. They're paying people to write these stories. This happens quite often. So when you see something, just because it has the branding of a major company, and this is many companies, I'm not single. I don't want to single out any one company does not mean that it is a journalistic, journalistically vetted piece. As you might see, for example, you know, if you see something by someone like Helene Olin in the Washington post, that thing has been vetted. Okay, someone like that, you know who that journalist is. Um, A lot of the reporters at The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, these publications are holding their feet to the fire. And absolutely. And and those are the and there's also a lot of real journalists I'm not mentioning, of course, but understand who's writing it. Look at look at the bio of the author and see where they're coming from and take it within context. I do see that a lot in publications and not just Forbes, but in other other places where the person, you know, is going to be pro X type of investment. So they're going to write fantastic stuff about that type of investment. I want to peel back away from the journalist, but journalistic aspect of this before we go and 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 talk back about understanding your investments again, because I feel like some people are going to punish some of these financial firms, some of these places for missing their quarterly earnings or for having bad results and they don't dig in and they don't realize where these bad results are coming from. I agree with, with what Ray's saying here. Uh, Ray says some, some things are definitely a drag on your returns. The value portion of my portfolio has been keeping my returns down for a while. When I was a financial planner, a lot of people would just look at the bottom line and they would say, well, my portfolio stinks. No, no, no. Your whole portfolio doesn't stink. This one area stinks. And understanding that just this part of your portfolio is not performing well, then leads to another question. Is that something happening in that marketplace overall, i.e. in this 
case in the IPO sector, right, where there's a lot of bad things happening lately? Or is this something to do with your advisor, with your, you know, investment selection? Like knowing just that little bit about your investments, I think really can do a lot for your confidence as an investor, like digging just a little bit deeper. Why is Goldman Sachs down? Well, they're down because these IPOs are blowing up and they're doing their job being in the middle of that. And they were up before. An important point. We have a number of comments from our Facebook Live audience. Uh, we have to, of course, get to Eric because it starts with, I agree with Bobby, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll always get you a shout out. If you start any comment with, I agree with one of the hosts, that's a gold mine. Um, but Eric says, labeling unicorns leads to the psychology of chasing the next big thing. I think that's an excellent point for investors to understand that we need to you know, own the fact that we are influenced by what we read um, and what we, the way that we perceive investments rather than always just looking behind the curtain. If we can, private companies don't have to reveal all their numbers. And that's why it's tougher to do those investments. You don't get to see all the intel. Yeah. Uh, I I also agree, though, with what Gregory says here, Bobby. I'm sure there have been articles published in certain venues which were virtually pulled verbatim from a company press release. That's not just in financial reporting. I see that across the board. Some totally. lazy, lazy, lazy writing going on in some cases. I'm just going to interject. Agreed. In many cases, lazy. However, also, a lot of that is coming from the changing economics of journalism. Number one, sometimes those articles are written, I kid you guys not, by a robot. Right. Truth. Okay. Number two, the workloads are changing. I went from doing one story every two to three days to being asked to do six stories in one day at Reuters. Think about the math on that and how much time you have to do six video pieces in one, in theory, seven hour day. How much time do you really have to focus on that, to get the best expert, to vet every fact, to go into the um, raw data and check that everything measures up. It's very hard. Well, Chuck so told I just the, want to defend Roy, defend not Reuters, but defend sure. um, reporters that sure. sometimes they're put in, in impossible circumstances. It's no. not always laziness. It's always doing their best. I totally agree. There was uh, uh, one popular publication that Chuck uh, told me about that I won't name because I heard it secondhand from him. So I haven't verified this, but he said, but of course, if Chuck said it, probably good, but I still won't. The uh, uh, this, this one publication in their last round of downsizing got rid of all their fact checkers, just completely 100%. removed totally all their fact that. checkers. Yeah. That surprises me not at all. I'm more surprised that there were fact checkers. Uh, I was my own fact checker. Yeah. In pretty much every organization I worked at. Yeah. Um, I do want to just quickly do our poll. We did ask our online uh, Instagram people, how do you think the current unicorn issues will ultimately compare to past similar situations like the 2000 tech bubble? The choices, Joe, were just a hiccup or so much worse. Where do you think our uh, Instagram followers came down? Well, I'm hoping that people uh, people see this as just a hiccup. Um so I'm going to, but, 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 but I'm going to say maybe we're, let's go 60, 40, just a hiccup. You were close. 75% just a hiccup. Bam. How about that? We had a, a nice number of respondents. So thanks guys. Not bad. That's fantastic. I think that's a yes. good place to, to, to leave this topic. Uh, in just a second, Bobby and I will have our big takeaway from this piece. First, I want to talk about Tiller. Tiller's going to change things. Talking to Edward just last week from Tiller, Bobby, he was talking about how they've gone from templates 
to you can use their templates, but it's easier than ever to just do your own thing and to build off each other. So the tiller community is expanding, the tiller uh, ability, uh, flexibility, which was already supreme flexibility, getting even better. You have your whole life on a spreadsheet. No matter what type of spreadsheet you use, it's easier and safer than ever to just press a button and now everything downloads to your spreadsheet and you can manipulate that data however you want. For more on how it works and for 20% off your uh, annual subscription to Tiller, head to uh, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. A lot of a lot of a lot of coolness happening. I love I love working with some of these fintech companies that are really rocking it, Bobby, and seeing how they just keep flexing their muscle, doing things that I think a lot of these bigger programs should have done for a long time. So good stuff yeah. there. All right, innovation. It is a huge innovation. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about takeaways here, though. What's your big takeaway from this piece, Joe? I think we're all connected and. We should not think that investment losses can't hurt us just because we think we're not invested in these companies. These investments have gone mainstream. Think pensions of teachers and firefighters, also university endowments. We all need to pay attention. Yeah, I I, I totally like that. I also like how just a little more fact-checking. We talked about fact-checking. Uh, when your stock goes down, your investment go de- goes down, knowing a little bit, just a little bit about the mechanisms, not only is profitable, it actually is fun and enlightening and makes investing so much more worthwhile. So uh, looking at all these stocks on these Wall Street companies that are rumbling because of some of the IPOs that, frankly, they should be investing in and they should be helping with this innovation. They should be deploying money toward these companies. Um, while you may want to punish them, them for not doing some of their homework, knowing the fact that they invested in them in the first place, I think is, is half the battle here. Well said. Very well said. That's going to do it for today, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us, everybody on Facebook. Nice chatty group today. If you want to hang out with us while we make the show, head to facebook.com forward slash iStackBenjamins. Uh, Bobby, how do people participate in our polls? Follow us on Instagram at MoneyFriendsPod. And that is also our handle on Twitter. Stay close to Instagram stories. We often preview the stories we'll be doing on the show. And so you can leave your questions, comments, and vote in our polls and be part of the show. Even if you can't join us live on Facebook, which we love, you can also do both. And you can also get links to our stories on our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. Just go to the schedule area and pick the date that uh, the show debuted and you should see a link there. That's going to do it for today, everybody. Take care. We'll see you again back here on Monday with more Money with Friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Sihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2019. Taylor Eichenberg engineered this show and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of our friends who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. 
You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other video or podcast without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.